right now in the Fast 9 shootout tomorrow and how your thoughts on the day and, and what you're looking forward to for tomorrow's shootout. Um, well, I'm, I'm always looking forward to the, the shootouts. It's a fun format. Really excited that, that we have all three of our ECR cars represented with myself and Spencer Pickett and Danica. Um, so that, that's exciting. It was, a, it was a weird day, you know, long day. I knew it was going to be a long wait with us drawing the last number. Um, and then with, with the two rain delays, it just made it even longer. So it's, it's hard. This, this place can play tricks on you the longer you sit and wait. So um, it was nice to finally get out there, albeit maybe not the, the best time of the day, um, but really, really happy to be in the position we're in as a team and looking forward to tomorrow. Joined also by Simon Pagino, who visited us earlier today as well, driving the number 22 Menards Team Penske Chevrolet for the team, currently sitting third fastest and also in the Fast 9 shootout tomorrow. Simon, uh, we talked to you a little bit earlier, and uh, you said that you felt, you felt pretty good. You weren't sure if you were going to get another shot. Um, but how excited are you to make tomorrow's Fast 9 shootout and your thoughts on the day overall? Well, I'm super excited. We uh, managed to get in the Fast 9, especially toward the end of tomorrow, uh, where the track's going to be the best. So uh, Ed has just turned some super fast lap at the end there. That was very impressive. But uh, Elio, myself, and Will, and Joseph also, we, we, we all had really good cars at Tim Penske. So it's, um, it's a really good sign for tomorrow. Um, here it comes Speed King. So... Uh, <laughs> It's uh, no, it's it's been great, great day. Uh, what an emotional day! I mean, I feel for four inch really. Uh, what a day! I mean, that's indie for you, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Joined by your teammate Elio Castronev is driving the number three Pennzoil Team Penske Chevrolet. Elio, you went out fairly early and you sat on top for the day. Is that what you were expecting heading into the day? Well, I always expect that, but never happens. But uh, this time you did, so it was incredible. Then how did you get your nickname? Huh? Then how did you get your nickname? Yeah. Well, I guess it's uh, some sort of a sports car also, so it's uh. a little bit, it's a little bit of mix. But I tell you what, it was a great, uh, a great event. Uh, it, it is very tough now having the bump day. Oh my God, what a stressful day for everyone. Um, yes, it's tough for Hinch. Uh, sounds like that that car uh, should be in the grid, but uh, that's the name of the game, you know. So you got to be in the right time. You got to understand the rules and um, but and especially the fast nine as well there were so many people taking chances to be on the fast nine but for me um, and team Penske um, I have a phenomenal teammates which helps the program uh, uh, keep going forward and uh, obviously uh, my run on in earlier the weather was a little bit more much more consistent and when you have that kind of scenario it helps a lot so we um, we all worked together to uh, to obviously find the limits we we did we started to have to do it again tomorrow, uh, the Fast 9, and, um, and, and let's see what happens. Questions for the drivers? Any questions? Wow. Yes, sir. Well, well, they have a microphone coming to you. Ed, uh, some of us watching were astounded in the, the gap between your warm-up and your first lap out. Uh, maybe it's not a, a strategy you want to talk about since you're going to have to do it again tomorrow, but what's your talk about where your, uh, your strategy is there and... Uh, and uh, you're saving the car and, and when you really start to to uh, give it all it's got. Yeah, I mean, it, you know in conditions like that that it's going to be a hard four-lap run. I mean, being the last car to go in the regular line, you get to see a lot of people go and see what people are doing and some of their struggles. Um, you know, so I was, I was really just trying to do the best that I could to have the best four laps, which I had a, too big of a spread over my four laps, but hopefully we can get that that rectified tomorrow or at least be you know in 
in more similar conditions to to everyone else in the shootout. So it's definitely going to be fun. Um, you know, having been a part of the this format in the past, it, it is a lot of fun. But I think in a lot of ways today is the most pressure, just because you've got to you've got to get in there today. There's a lot less pressure and risk tomorrow in a lot of ways because you know knowing that there's 35 cars here this year. You know, when you're when you're putting it a lot out there to get in the fast nine, you're also putting yourself in a position to to maybe not be a part of this race, which you also don't want to do. So it's it's really tough. Um, you know, so you're trying to trying trying to find that balance. So tomorrow should just be a fun day to to have all three of our cars. My tomorrow's teammates, fun. My teammates here. Tomorrow's yeah, tomorrow. Fun? Tomorrow's fun. Like, oh, thank God. you just let loose tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, the worst you can start's nine. So yeah. I want to be loose tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'll go ahead and welcome in Danica Patrick, driver of the number 13 GoDaddy Chevrolet. Danica, it does seem like you're breathing a little bit of a, a sigh of relief almost. Did you, with all the, the drama Can't and all of the, all of the emotion, uh, and, and here you are in the, in the Fast 9 shootout, well, did this I'm, master your expectations even? Uh, this exceeded it. I mean, um, I mean, I have high expectations for, like I, for doing well here, and that's why... You know, I was fortunate enough to be able to drive for Ed, and they always have great cars, and uh, especially here at Indy, they're always very strong. So, um, but to, to think that I was going to come back and be in the fast nine right off the bat, I mean, I'm going to tell you, I was doing 208 at the test on the first day and thought, I might not be able to do this. So, anyway, you know, 228 is much better. So, um, so it was, um, it was uh, I definitely am relieved. Um, but, and the tough thing is, is that I feel like it's, you know, there's so much race running as well as qualsim running that it makes it, there's not that much qualsim running, it's mostly race, so it gets hard to tell exactly where everyone really is at. It used to be easier back in the day when the whole first week was just dedicated to qualifying and you really got a good feel for it. So um, there's a little bit of question mark as to, you know, how fast people are, um, at least from my perspective, and also getting familiar with new combinations and drivers. So. Um, so I didn't really know, but I, I think after yesterday, having done, you know, 228 with, you know, three quarters of a track ahead of me open, I, you know, got that feeling like, all right, let's get the top nine. So <laughs> the end of the day was very stressful. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to a fun day tomorrow. Yes. So I was just getting familiar. So we run once. That's it. One time. One run. One run. Is that it? I thought there was one more. No, it's one, one, oh, one time. You only get all one, right. Elio. Only get one. All right, one. yeah, that's just one. So you got to hang, yeah. hang up uh, a little bit more. Hang, on hang it a out bit. a little bit yeah, more? A little bit more, yeah. Get it yawed out? But, yeah, the, but the worst is ninth. Huh? But the worst you, that we can do is ninth. Right. So that makes yeah, it that's right. That's the that worst position. makes it a little position. easier. That's yep. True. I'm yeah. glad we're all learning something here. This yeah. is great. I was just getting educated. It, you, guys sure. been, you guys haven't been in many of the drivers' meetings, but Elio asks a lot of questions. That's one thing I miss the most about not having him with us full time anymore. Just to make sure, I understand. He has a lot I of questions. They've added a lot of pictures to the drivers' <laughs> meetings for Elio to. So Some hopefully, hopefully is doing that for you too. They they already they have. Are. They are. They are. They already. Uh, and it's no. not open practice at all for us tomorrow. We just run at the end of the day for one run. We can no. run. We can run in the practice. Oh. Yeah, we have practice. That in I the know. morning. But then you can't run when everyone else is running, right? No. All right. Like as in during the... Qualifying time, no. Okay. He's thorough. Thank you. Elio's thorough is what it is. Yes. More questions. Yes, Bob. Bob Kravitz, WTHR. I hate to break this up, but um, first time we've had bumping in, in a couple of years. What, what's your take on the return of bumping, good, bad, and different? 
I guess I'll go first. Uh, you know, it's obviously been something that's been talked about. Um, and I think anytime there's this this many cars, the question's asked, should they just start everyone? But, you know, to me, you know, I'm definitely a traditionalist. And as tough as it is to watch a guy like Hinch, you know, who's had great moments here and really tough moments, um, you know, I feel for he, I feel for Pippa. We've all worked very hard to be here. Um, you know, so I, I really feel for them. But at the same time, you know, Indianapolis, that's part of the lore of what makes this race so special and what makes it so important to all of us. Um, you know, growing up around this event and, you know, seeing years where, where Team Penske struggled and missed the race and Bobby Rahal missed the race one year. So it's, it's happened to, to great teams. Someone asked me in Long Beach who I thought would miss the show and I'm like, I'm not even gonna answer that question because it's, who knows? But I, I definitely feel for, for those teams because we all work we all work just as hard to be successful here, so I can't imagine what they're feeling right now. Mary? Oh, I'm so sorry. Please continue. <clears throat> well, it's just um, that's the, the name of the game. Um, very tough. This year we came with a little bit of different plan. Obviously, uh, uh, if you would be not making the top nine, we would not take the, the – uh, the timeout that was actually something that everybody already uh, predetermined before we go in because we want to be in this race and not all about to be uh, fast nine and and show how fast you can go so um and penske as i just mentioned penske being that situation before it, it, it's it's tough but that's why i make this race so important and um, everybody wants to be in it and there are only th th 33 cars that are able to do it today mary Elio, I think you're the only driver that had two laps of the four in the 229 mile per hour area. Um, do you think you could repeat that tomorrow? And do you think that that's going to be 228, 229 for the pole for the top nine? That's a very good question. I can think I, I can do 230 tomorrow. Yeah, two thirty-one. I gotta scare this guy. Two thirty-one. That guy over there. Well, I can that guy over there. Two twenty-nine, man. Come on, are you kidding me? No, that was. Um, I mean, listen. Um, we have a good car. We have a good team, and we know we can do it. Uh, we gotta wait and see tomorrow to go for another fun day for sure. Wolfgang. I have two again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, two questions for Danica. I was quite impressive when you came from NASCAR back to open wheel how you adopted so well, again, to open wheel racing IndyCar. What was the biggest significance difference to this car when you were six or seven years ago, the last time in IndyCar? And question number two, how identical is your setup to Ed's setup? Um, the car from seven years ago to now, uh, I'm getting so old I can't even remember. So, I, I mean, honestly, it's... There's been such a gap in time that to come back to downforce just feels the same to me. Like it's like it's hard to remember the finite details. Um, so I, and I think that a lot of people are dealing with sort of new nuances with the car, even just saying how it had handled in the past in traffic versus now. And I would say if anything, it was just really about getting the rhythm back with lift points, downshifts, upshifts, things like that. Just little things that you can do in an indie car that you I wouldn't have done in a stock car. Um, so those things come back. And as far as setup goes, um, yeah, I mean, we, we all start similar and then we adapt it to whatever our driving style is. Other questions? Yes. We have a microphone. Thank you. 
Danica started it. Um, we got two retirees. Ed, you're not the youngest guy anymore. What happened to the youth movement in IndyCar? He asked what he asked what happened to the youth movement. Like he's saying, there's a lot of old people up here. <laughs> hey, man, I'm funny. How old We're still are, young. How old? How old are you? How old are we all? Yeah, I'm 34. Yeah, 34. I just turned 43. You, you? You're yes, 30, 37. I'm, I'm 34. 34. I'm 34. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm 34. Heck. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That, I'm that, 24 then. There we go. That's why. That's why I cut my hair short now because the grays go away. But that's why I have a PPG pin here. So. <laughs> <laughs> What was the question? Yeah. Well, would, uh, basically, we're all very old. That's what yeah, he's saying. Yeah. No, I think. What do you answer to that? I think there's a lot. Of, there's. I think the youth movement's alive and well. I think the talent in in this field is is really strong, and there's a lot of good young guys. Um, you know, but I think especially when we go through times like this with new cars, I think it can be helpful for us old guys. You know, we've driven more different types of cars, different eras, different downforces. Um, and I think at times, even though it's hard to teach, teach old dog new tricks, is that how it goes? Um, you know, I think sometimes that, that past experience helps when you, when you can remember it. I know. That's a good one. I can't even hear very well. <laughs> Other questions? Yes, sir. Hi, everybody. Um, Riker Silva from Autos y Carreras, Colombia. Um, Elio, you, you came here a lot of years ago and won as a rookie. Now you're again in the top. What are the odds to see you climbing the fence again? What year was that? That was in 2001. You're well, so old, I wasn't even here yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these guys. Well, that's good. So I have more experience than you guys. So um, Hey, I wasn't even racing. Okay, all right. <laughs> There you go. Very good. Keep, keep it coming. Keep it coming. We're going to see who's going to be laughed at the end of the race. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> yes. Um, well, hopefully uh, that helps a lot. I mean, I've been here before. I understand uh, the race, but every race is different. Every, every race is, uh, the rhythm is, it, it could be one way or another, especially with the new car. Uh, through practice, we've been seeing that it's uh, uh, interesting. Uh, I, I do believe it's going to have a lot of passing especially when you're in the front uh, and you, you're still searching you're still searching to improve the car when you're in the back of the pack so like was last year i was in the back of the pack and we were able to manage well and then go to the front so all of this it's always uh, depend at the moment depend how how you uh, uh your team runs and i do have the one of the best teams uh, in the business especially here in indianapolis it, it, it seemed to bring the best out of everyone so with that also bring the best out of me and looking forward to uh, uh, not only a good qualifying, but the most important uh, for the race, uh, uh, the 500. Yes, Mary and then Wolfgang. <clears throat> uh, I remember when Fernando Alonso came here last year, he did his test and he looked at the track and I think he said it to Michael Andretti that it's only 50 feet wide, how can you have three cars wide at this track? And then in the race, looking at the videos, we've seen replays of past few years, four or five wide sometimes. I don't see that though with this new car. What's gonna happen in the race? I see, you know, single file, somebody passing. If there's a restart, are you really gonna be able to go four, yeah. three, four wide? I think it's gonna be the same. If you see 2004, uh, 2009, and uh, later, uh, the past years, obviously, uh, you can see people still going 
four wide, five wide sometimes. Obviously, the person that goes five wide, he's putting a very, in a very risk situation to finish the race, he's trying to pass too many cars at once and probably going to bite you. But I, with this car, it might be a little bit different in my slingshot. Uh, you all of a sudden might be passing, not stalling. But, but again, uh, a restart is something that could happen. Somebody has a tall gear and somebody has a short gear, and that could create that kind of a, uh, a situation. It will be... Uh, uh, a, f a very uh, uh, tough 500 uh, for the drivers. I do feel it's going to be a great 500 for the fans. I, I, I wanted the boring race, obviously, starting the front and never look back, but that never happens. So I guarantee it's going to be a very exciting for the fans that they will enjoy a lot. Wolfgang? Yeah. Only one for Hill, you know. Um, congratulations, you're quickest today, but Thank tomorrow you. is another day. You have some secret ideas to make the car even faster tomorrow? Well, we're gonna, we're gonna. I, I went only a uh, half throttle, so uh, tomorrow I'm gonna go <laughs> full throttle. Me too. Uh, here you go. <laughs> now, certainly, uh, we're gonna push it. We're gonna squeeze the the heck out of the car, the Penzoil machine, obviously. But um, myself, Will, uh, Simon, and uh, and Joseph, we're gonna be pushing each other because that's what uh, makes the team so so competitive and. Um, and again, uh, we will see what's going to happen. Uh, uh, but for sure, we're going to look at data today and uh, try to uh, find a little more speed and obviously um, put in the track tomorrow. Any final questions? We appreciate your time. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. We will continue with our post-qualifying press conference, joined now by James Davison, driver of the number 33 Jonathan Bird's 502 East Chevrolet for Foyt with Bird Hollinger Bellardi. James, probably a, a bit of a stressful day for you, but an exciting one, I hope. Uh, take us through your day and, and coming back from what happened yesterday to what happened today. Yeah. Well, obviously, it's been a stressful 24 hours. Um, you know, yesterday, I guess, is the kind of bump day simulation for everyone, and everyone's doing qualifying sims and on the no toe speeds, we were at risk. So we acted accordingly. We had to try go quicker. And in doing so, we found ourselves um, going over the limit and um, ending up having a big accident, which was the biggest of my career. Um, it was actually very painful. Initially, I got out of the car and I could feel I bumped my leg. But once I got in the safety truck, it was excruciating pain for 10 minutes. And um, then just overnight found where else I'd hurt myself uh, in various other places, my foot, my ribs, um, my thigh. So, you know, I'm, I'm a soldier. I kind of tough it out. And I was excited to get back in the car. Um, of course, while all this was happening, my crew at Foyt, Hollinger, Bird, Bolardi was working hard all night to get the car turned around and we owe this to them immensely. Uh, you know, these crew guys, their job's already tough enough and when something happens like that, it's uh, yeah, even tougher for them. And the only way to repay them was to make it in the field today, one way or the other. So we went out this morning and, you know, straight away ran 226.8 in a tow, but, you know, at least ran that speed. So the car's capable, 
more or less and you know I'm not lacking confidence but we still needed to find time you know based on our no toe speed we were 224 and a half so we just worked away at it and um, you know the first run we had we had a very uh, pleasing number of a 225.7 I believe but then we dropped off immensely and um, made some changes to the car to be ready to go if we had to go again. And obviously only until the last 10 minutes did we get bumped to the bu bubble. And then we were in a kind of catch-22 position where we didn't want to pull the time and find ourselves in a kind of Paul Tracy position. But we also didn't want to find ourselves being in the hands of everyone else. And the way it played out was, yeah, we needed to just wait and see what happened. And just in the nick of time, it all just worked out. Pippa made it ahead of Hinch. Um, I really wanted to go again, because I'm confident we would have gone quicker. But again, we just couldn't withdraw the time until we were out. So yeah, it was an incredible 24 hours, something that I, I think all of us on the team didn't expect that we were going to face. But it's a life experience, you know, making it into the Indy 500 and actually earning it. You know, the three times I've done this race, there were 33 cars in 2014. I didn't qualify in 2015 and 17 due to the circumstances that were around it, but I started the race. And this time we had to earn it in there and it just... It's, uh, yeah, just as, as, as stressful as it was, it's something that I think we'll all go to our graves with and kind of be pleased in a way that we experienced it. So you said something earlier and in listening to your interviews from earlier in the day, knowing that you were sore, knowing that your team was tired because they stayed up really late, you say that, you know, your confidence level was, was really quite high. Is that true? Like, is that honestly true? Yeah, I mean... In all honesty, I'm a confident person and uh, some people take it the wrong way, which, you know, that's everyone's, um, uh, you know, they're entitled to uh, their, their view on, on, on things. And um, I, I feel it's been my biggest asset in my career is, is having confidence and being a fighter and really wanting to go out there and, and achieve my goals on and off the track. And... You know, obviously with Indianapolis in black and white where, you know, 33, 35 grown men and women strapped to jet fighter planes on wheels doing 230 miles an hour between concrete walls with massive um, consequences if it all goes wrong. And you've got to have confidence. And, yeah, you know, this morning... I. I knew I'd had the biggest crash of my career just 12 hours earlier, but just have to man up and get on with it and, and be very mentally strong and draw off experience. And yeah, I think it, there's no substitute for experience in any discipline to give you confidence. Questions for James? Yes, Wolfgang. Okay. Uh, James, just want to double check. You said earlier you had to drive over the limit. Was this before the accident that the car had not enough speed? Yeah, I mean, when I say over the limit, obviously the c we spun 
and we hit the wall, right? So that's that's over the limit. Um, yeah, we, we, we just, we had to try trim to get speed yesterday and we had to try free the car up to get scrub out of it. And when that happens, you, you, you're putting yourself in a dangerous position, but that's the position we had to, we were in and we had to act on, you know, we weren't going to go quicker just looking at it. We had to try something and basically we just freed the car up too much. There was a headwind out of turn two and it was the perfect storm. We were low on downforce, basically too much turn in the car and an, and a headwind pinning the front down. And I mean, in all my years of driving two seasons of Indy Lights and three Indy 500s, I've always had some kind of warning sign when the rear's gonna go. You usually feel a bit of chatter on the right rear tire telling you like, oh, I'm starting to come unstuck. But in that case, just boom, gone. And I knew I was in trouble when I was backwards, <laughs> not before it. <laughs> okay, and the second question you said, the team repaired the car all night. How was the car now in, in the qualification trim? Was it even better than before? Um, you know, it's always hard to know with conditions, but I think since it rained and then we went out, I had a, a huge amount of understeer at turn two. And then I was loose at turn three and I got quite sideways at turn three and that wasn't a good feeling at all after yesterday. So I had to be very aggressive on tuning the car during the run. Um, and from what I could see, a lot of people were understeering at turn two. It was just night and day different, turn two and three, because the wind had changed. Um, so we yeah, took the car back, made some changes to it, and obviously didn't need to go out and do another run. Um, I, again, I would have liked to have, to have really kind of unleashed the full potential and all the work that's gone in by this team, but you obviously have to just play by the rules and, and be sensible and not withdraw your time unless you really have to. And uh, yeah, we're in. Yes, sir. James, yes, you are in, and now you get to do it all again tomorrow. What's the plan for tomorrow with a different circumstance from today? Uh, I think we'd, we'd sensibly we'd just run the setup that we put on um, today uh, to go run again, which is a setup that we ran earlier yesterday when I ran a 226 by myself. And, um, you know, there's... Obviously, it's kind of risk management at this point. You know, I think it's fair to say, unless something very unusual happens, where our car speed is towards the back of the field. So, is it worth trying to go on some aggressive qualifying setup and and potentially finding ourselves in the same situation that we were in yesterday in the qualifying sim and crashing? And you know, when you crash cars, generally the next bit of parts isn't as good as the next and then your race is in jeopardy. So I think we're going to go probably somewhere between uh, trying to find limits and being sensible. Other questions for James? James, congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you.